Is your career not quite moving in the direction you want it to? That's because building the career you want is no longer about climbing the ladder of success. Technology and the speed of information have made advancing in your career more like climbing a rock wall. Thankfully, you found the Career Progressions Podcast brought to you by RevealedTalent.com. I'm your career advocate, Mark Holt. Our podcast focuses on the stories of career pros and experts who have climbed before you. What they will share with you will help you find the climbing holes they use to get to where they are today. Their stories will help you be proactive, be intentional, and keep moving forward. There are literally thousands of job boards out there. You have boards like LinkedIn, Indeed, and CareerBuilder, and there are specialized boards like Dice for tech jobs, H Careers for hospitality jobs. When career-minded professionals today want or need new work, they almost always start their search on job boards. But is that really the best strategy? A few years ago, LinkedIn surveyed its members to ask them how they found the work they have, and 85% responded that it was through networking. That stat alone should cause you to rethink your job strategy just a little bit. But that doesn't mean you should abandon job boards completely. But what's the right way to use a job board? Well, to answer that question, Stephen Rothberg joins me today. Stephen is the founder and chief visionary officer of the College Recruiter job board that can be found at collegerecruiter.com. This job board has been a great resource for college graduates for almost 30 years. So today he's going to bring his experience in this space to help us maximize the use of job boards. So, hey, Stephen, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, it is wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much. It is so great to get some additional time to talk with you today. But let me start with the big question. So, you know, I've worked with job seekers, a lot of them, who have applied on a lot of job boards and uh, who have been applying for jobs out there a long time. Most have found the whole experience of job boards to be a soul-sucking experience that attacks their <laughs> ego in cruel ways. It's just true. This is yes. mostly because they apply and they think it's a perfect fit. It's like, this is my great job. But yeah. they quickly get ghosted or they get one of those Dear John letters. What's up with that, yep. Stephen? Why? Yeah. So... One thing that I I would say most candidates don't really understand is the difference between the job board through which they're searching for a job and maybe applying to it mm. and the employer that is actually doing the screening and selection. And what I mean by that is they're the, it's the employer that's reviewing all of the applications and then deciding which ones meet some minimal level of qualifications. Mm -hmm. um, and those are ones that that employer is likely to interview, but not necessarily. And which ones are going to be selected? In other words, um, extended an offer of employment. Job boards don't do that. They're mm -hmm. not involved in screening and selection. Um, some candidates and, and in fact, some smaller employers think of job boards as being the online equivalent of a headhunter, an executive recruiter, a retained search, or 
our friends in the UK and some other com- countries call them agency recruiters. They right. are almost always heavily involved in the selection, or sorry, the, the screening of the candidates. And sometimes even they'll be the ones to extend an offer to actually select the person gets hired. But job boards just don't do that. An interesting perspective that I'm not sure a lot of people have kind of built their their thought process around that. So here's something else about job boards that I, I want to kind of dig into a little bit. I recently read an article. It was called Ghost Jobs Are Increasingly Wasting Job Seekers' Times. And it basically yeah. talked about all the ways that jobs end up on job boards that aren't actually real. I mean, it's fool's right. gold. <laughs> So how is that happening and how does that relate to some of what you were talking about, about job boards just a second ago? Yeah, it's it's a real problem. It's not just a problem um, for the job boards or for people who are searching job boards. It's also a problem if you're searching Bing, Google, going mm-hmm. straight to an employer's site, going to a staffing company site. As, as For as long as there has been employment-related classified advertising, recruitment advertising, um, to put it another way, there have been ghost ads. Um, The earliest ads for job opportunities date back to the 1700s. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Benjamin Franklin's newspaper, which was one of the first to run recruitment advertising, probably had some fake job posting ads in there. It doesn't mean that the company is fake. It doesn't mean that the employer is trying to scam you. There are employers that typically will have high turnover or they know that they're soon going to need to be hiring somebody, but they're not yet ready to actually hire somebody. And so what they do, and I wish they wouldn't, but Mm -hmm. what they do is that they will post an ad to start getting resumes flowing in the door. yeah, And then when the hiring manager, the person who you typically would, that's person who you who would be uh, your boss typically. Yep. When that person is actually ready to hire, they've saved themselves often weeks because mm. they had the job description written. It was approved by maybe their manager, corporate HR, uh, corporate legal HR, you know, whoever it needs to go through, it gets into, well, in the olden days, the newspaper today, Mm -hmm. job boards and others to sourcing tools, candidates have days or weeks to respond. And so that hiring manager probably then has two, three, four, five really good resumes, basically sitting on his or her desk. And as soon as she's ready, she can like send an email and say, you know, hey, Mark, I saw you applied a week and a half ago. Um, How about if we set up a phone interview tomorrow? So I get it from the employer's perspective. It's awfully nice for them. But from the candidate's perspective, it's a real problem if that hiring manager ends up not actually hiring, right? right? If they do... If 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 they are in a position a week and a half after you apply to actually hire, no harm, no foul. But the reality is a lot of them just don't. They're yeah. just building up basically a resume bank for their convenience. It's it, it's a little bit of a sociopathic behavior. It's it, it to right. me, it exhibits a real lack of empathy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, and I think that's the problematic part of it. I think if we looked at it from a different paradigm, I mean, you can almost applaud them for being proactive, right? That's good. They're trying to get ahead of their hiring issues. I know a lot of hiring managers who react to that. But but you're right. It isn't uh, the most sensitive thing in the world when you've got real people who are uh, really out of work. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it it changes the behavior of job seekers, too. Right. It, it, yeah. There is actually harm there, because if you're looking to do what a job seeker should, which is not apply to 200 jobs, uh -huh. but you're looking to to limit the number of applications. And, you know, if we want, we can get into that, you know, later, later in your episode. But if you're going to limit the number of jobs that you apply to so that you can do the proper work that you should to maximize your chances of getting a job and you apply to a handful of jobs and three of them are just ghosting ads yeah then now you really have only applied to two yeah and now the odds are not as they would say in the hunger games the not the odds are not in it forever in your favor hmm. yeah and you know gosh and, and in talking with job seekers and i'm sure you've you've had the same conversations you know, it does become an ego sucking thing because you start putting yeah. all of these things out there and you're you're wondering why they are, you know, why are they are turning you down? But there's so many reasons, some of what you were talking about uh, just a minute ago. But mm -hmm. I'll give you another example. When uh, we just recently uh, put an ad out uh, for another recruiter and once I once I put that out on LinkedIn, I mean, within the first 30 minutes, we had like 50 more candidates by, by sure. a few hours in, we're into the hundreds. So we're like mm. you know, 400, 500, you know, applicants. It's a lot to work with. So that's what's happening on the back end. And, you know, you want to take the time to go through everyone with a fine tooth comb, but uh, business just doesn't allow that typically. Yeah. And, and I'm really glad you use that example for a couple of reasons. <laughs> yeah. So, one is your experience as, as, as an employer is, is um, not unique, but highly unusual. Mm. It is rare when you're hiring for one person that you're getting dozens, let alone hundreds of applications. It happens. Yeah. Probably one of the reasons that you did is that while many companies are, are shedding recruiters they're they're laying them off because yes. they're not hiring as many tech people you don't need as many tech people you don't need as many tech recruiters etc so you're going to be one of those employers where those recently unemployed recruiters are going to say oh wow you know hey mark is hiring they, yeah. they maybe they checked you out you've got a good reputation you know i'm going to apply and they should it, you know yep. if they're if they're reasonably well qualified, they should. You welcome that. That's why you posted the ad. Most employers, um, there was a study that was done, oh, I bet you it was six, seven, eight years ago by a company called eQuest. Um, they yeah. do job distribution. An employer can basically send jobs to eQuest, and eQuest then sends them out to, you know, five, 10, 50, whatever job boards, whatever the company wants. And they did a study that showed that only one in four job postings generated even a single application huh. and the average job posting generated one wow. application. Now, 
it's not that the employer only gets one application when they post a job, because what they tend to do is post that job in multiple places. So right. if they posted that job to five job boards, on average, they'd get five applications. Mm. What candidates need to understand, and it's hard, it's really hard, been there, done that. I just had a family member go through this. Highly qualified for the position. Everything looks awesome. And you don't get it. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you go through multiple rounds of interviews. Sometimes you don't even get a single interview. Right. Don't take it personally. It's not about you. It's the fact that Mark just got 400 freaking right. applications. He may never even have gotten to you. If you were the 398th person to apply, yeah. he probably didn't look at it. And I'm not speaking for you. I'm just yeah, I'm making up a fictitious mark. That's right. Um, Who is also that hiring guy? for a recruiter? Yeah, some other guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, so sometimes employers just don't get to the application because they've had so many who apply. So the lesson there is the sooner you apply, the right. greater your chance of getting hired. And the second is if you meet all of the qualifications and so do three other candidates, but they bring more to the table than you did. Maybe they've done that work for a longer period of time. Maybe they were able to be more specific in their resume yeah. with actual metrics that not, not just that you increased sales, but you increased sales by 47% over yep. a 12 month period of time. Things like that really matter. Yeah. And, and man, as an employer, tell me, tell me what I want to hear. Uh, tell me, you know, how well you've done the things that, that I need you to do. And, and that makes a big difference. So you're starting to get into some things that are part of my next question, as a matter of fact, and this is the, <laughs> let's get down to business. So what is the formula for being successful on job boards? I've heard two things so far. I mean, one, yeah. get in there early, right? When you when it, be watching and when it hits, get on it. The other one is make sure you're choosing the right words that you're including uh, in your application. But what are some other tips you'd give job seekers here? Yeah. So another one is is less is more. Yeah. Um, now this one, this one absolutely blew me away, just absolutely flabbergasted me. I always knew implicitly that candidates who were applying to hundreds of jobs were mm. going to meet with failure. Um, they weren't getting out, they weren't networking, they weren't yeah. probably sending out applications to jobs that they were well qualified for, you know, they were, you know, they were, they were hunting well with a, with a shotgun instead of a rifle. Right. And, you know, that's, it's, it's actually a weird expression because depending upon what you're hunting, a shotgun is actually what you'd want to use, but that's another story for another podcast. I think yeah. the, the. The study that I was sort of tangentially a part of, um, I was on a uh, member of a think tank um, uh, up until a few years ago called the Career Advisory Board. It was sponsored by DeVry University. They basically funded it. And um, the, the study looked at the number of applications that candidates made across all different levels of experience, across all different kinds of industries and occupational fields uh -huh. to determine what is the optimal, optimal number of jobs you should apply to. Now, if you had asked me before, or even when I was listening to the answer, I think I probably would have said 20, somewhere okay. around then. 
The number is five. So you want to have five active job postings, meaning you applied and you have not yet been rejected. Um, Or you think that, you know, if weeks have gone by and the employer hasn't contacted you, then you're, you're being ghosted and that's effectively a rejection. But always five in the, always five in the five in the hopper, five, five in progress in, in sort of that you're actively working that they're in touch with you, or maybe it's only been a week you know, where, where there hasn't been contact. Yeah. The reason for the five is because that gives you the time to do what is really, really important. And that is to network. Right. And, and, you know, I, I know you've talked lots with your listeners about what that means, but if you start applying to 200, you don't have time to do that. And I was shocked when it was five. And so my initial thought was, okay, five, if you're looking for a CFO position. So I live in Minneapolis, city of a few yeah. million people. How many CFO positions at Fortune 500 companies might there be available here at any given time? One, yeah. maybe two. You know, if you go to the 2000 largest companies in the country, now you might have three, four, five mm. in a metro area of this size. So they okay, that makes sense why you wouldn't want to have five. But if you're applying to be a cashier or work at a front desk in a hotel or work in a retail shop, why wouldn't you apply to 20? And yeah. a study just showed across all levels of experience, all industries, all occupational fields, it came back to five. That's where the candidate had the sweet spot. Stephen, that's really valuable, tangible feedback. Thank you for that. I mean, that's, and and it's based in some some good old hard study. And I'll, I'll bet you that that surprises a few listeners and I, and hopefully, and maybe inspires a few as well. Interesting. Yeah. They're probably, I, I, I bet there's more than a handful right now that are rolling their eyes and saying, but, <laughs> but, 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 and, and, you know, Hey, let's, let's, let's be realistic. The five, the five is the norm. Yeah. It's not you know, Moses didn't bring down the number five from Mount Sinai. You know, <laughs> thou shalt only apply to five jobs, right? right. That is the normal number. Yeah. But don't tell me that 200 is therefore okay. Just, yeah. you know, two, 200 would be so far out of the norm. I think it does mean that some candidates three is yeah. going to be a good number and some candidates 10 might be a good number, but less is more. Well, and and let me add another layer of value onto what you're talking about here, too. So if I'm only going to have five active um, job board applications out there at any given time, that also affords me more time to be very specific about how I'm tailoring my resume and application to that role. Yes. If I'm putting 20 or some odd more out there, I can't do that kind of customization. I'll never get any networking in. I'll be working on that stuff full time. So I think that may also be a value for that, right? Oh, heck yes. So great example just to build on what you're saying. So as your listeners probably know, a lot of companies, medium-sized companies that have hundreds of employees, large companies that have thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands, they almost all use what are called applicant tracking systems, ATS, uh, for the acronym. And it's basically just 
like a database that helps them manage applications to move them from the recruiter to the hiring manager. They can put notes in, send it back. They can use drop-down boxes to sort of say, hey, this person's been selected for a second interview. Um, this person was rejected. Uh, send this person over to payroll, basically, to get them into the payroll system if they're hired. Um, that type. It's an organizational tool. And there are 10, 12 bigger ones out there. There are several hundred that yes. exist. And the the way that every single one of them has been implemented by every single employer is customized. There is no one size fits all approach to an ATS. So every employer is going to use it and have it set up differently. But one thing that they almost all have in common is that their search engines, what the recruiter uses I think the code was written by Stalin in 1947. <laughs> it, yeah. it it is if if your if your listeners can remember back to the early days of the internet pre Google 1995 96 97 where if you typed a keyword into a search engine yeah it had to be an exact match mm. for what was on the page. Most of the ATS are better about that, but they're still not great. So for yeah. example, if you type in nursing, most of the ATS are going to understand that the root of that word is nurse, nurse and it will match you up with a nursing job. However, if you type in RN, some of the ATS in 2023 will not understand that an RN is a registered nurse. Huh. So if the employer posts a job and the job title is registered nurse, then you better have the exact yep. keyword phrase registered nurse in your resume because there's a good chance a human won't see that. They're going to keyword search. Show me all the candidates who applied in the last three days for my yep. registered nurse position. And some of the crappy software out there just won't see it. Now, that said, I want to be clear. Some of the ATS are really good at this. Some yeah. of the ATS yeah. use the same search same search technology that we use, which we license from Google. Google knows what RN means, and so does College Recruiter, and so do the ATS that use that search. Uh, yeah. It's a problem that's going away, but it's still there. Well, I tell you, you were bringing the heat on this uh, great information. I appreciate that. I mean, already, I think a lot of things for folks, you know, to really think about from a job board standpoint. Let me add a little something to the idea of hmm. ATSs. So for listeners who've been around the show a bit, there is an earlier episode with Amy Miller, such a funny lady. I've been recruiting mm. for years and she has some uh, very interesting things to say about ATSs. So I invite you to go back and find that episode listener and, and add that to what you're learning here today. But let me shift it's, our, it, no, go ahead. Well, I just, I just have to comment that the idea of somebody who's really funny and talking about an ATS, <laughs> that's a, that's a bizarre combination. You should, sorry, Mark. You ahead. should, Stephen. You should either a go go listen to that episode or follow her oh, on YouTube. She is. Oh, I, I know her. Oh, you do I, know, I know her. her. She. Oh, I, yeah. I, I. I. I would not be at all surprised if if she's done stand up comedy. Someplace. I wouldn't either. Um, she. She's. She's fantastic. 
Yeah. And you guys want to follow her. It's a recruiting in yoga pants, I think is what she calls her, her show. <laughs> Funny stuff. Well, let's shift a little bit. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to brag a little bit, uh, Stephen, about some mm. of the good stuff you're doing at collegerecruiter.com. So um, talk to me about that. What makes your job board different? Or I mean, is it different from a lot of other job boards? And how does it bring value to the process of finding a job? <laughs> oh, cool. Sure. Thanks. So there, there are... <sighs> There are sort of three different kinds of job boards, and, I, and I'll save what we do for the, for the last one. So the first kind of job board I would call a general job board. This is a, a, a job board that uh, employers can post all kinds of ads to, all different kinds of years of experience, education levels, uh, industries, occupational fields. Think LinkedIn. Think Indeed. Um, for the older listeners in the room, like like I am, I'm a Don't Gen say Xer. Monster. Mon- I was going <laughs> to say it. Mon- monster um, and career builder. The, yeah. the Gen Z candidates in the room, they're thinking monster. That's an energy drink. I don't that's get right. it. Um, and, you know, talk to your dad, talk to your mom, talk to your, you know, aunt who's living in retirement communities in South Florida someplace, and they'll explain it to you. Yeah. Um, but those are... Those are job boards that are well suited to just about any kind of job ad or candidate. And great. The second group are what are called aggregators. And that's a job search site where they tend to copy, sometimes with permission, sometimes not, every job posting that they can find. And they take them from other job boards, they take them from employer sites, whatever. They can be kind of scammy, kind of scummy um, if they do that without permission. Yeah. But many of them are just, it's it's just highly convenient. It's a one-stop place. So rather than going to five different job boards and 12 different employer sites, you can go just there. That's how Indeed started off. Indeed's motto used to be something about like all the words or all the world's jobs, something oh. like that. Mm-hmm. They're no longer an aggregator. They're they're now more of a job board than they are an aggregator because they don't take listings from other job boards and they don't run employers' ads for free or organically like like they used to. There are some that they do, but it's not like this blanket where where you can just automatically count on that. So Indeed is no longer an aggregator. They're a general job board. And then there's the third group. This, this is actually, this represents most of the job boards by far in the world, but um, but none of them are going to have as much traffic as as the high traffic aggregators like like. Uh, like Jubal for, is is a good example of an aggregator. Adzuna, Talent.com. Okay, those ones tend to have the most traffic. Indeed, um, has um, probably more traffic than anybody else. The niche sites, by definition, um, focus on a particular area. Sometimes that area might be geographic. So just jobs in St. Louis or just jobs in the Southeast United States. Sometimes the area is an industry, so healthcare. Sometimes it's an occupational field, nursing. And sometimes it's an education-specific site, and that would include College Recruiter. So College Recruiter is a job search site for students and recent graduates globally of any kind of post-secondary school. So in the US, we have one-year schools, which tend to be technical and vocational. 
two-year schools, um, generally called community colleges, some areas of the country call them junior colleges, mm -hmm. and then the four-year colleges and universities where you get a bachelor's, master's, uh, maybe some of the schools offer PhDs. And again, we target those with uh, jobs with zero to three years of experience. So they tend to be your a job that you might have while you're in school, uh -huh. or maybe your first or second after you graduate. Um, in the last year, our traffic has quadrupled. Um, we're we're now serving over 13 million wow. um, job seekers a year, all um, over the country. I'm assuming, right? And yeah, and globally, about oh, wow. um, about a year ago, we started to accept listings outside of North America, um, and about a third of our business is now what we call international. Um, mm -hmm. You know, UK, Australia, European Union, etc. Gotcha. That is awesome. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, a great place for kids coming out. I mean, they're all wondering now what, right? And so this is a good place. Do you start, how do you, how do they find out about you? Do you start kind of talking about it uh, while they're still in school? What's, what's that look like? Yeah. So our, the marketing on the candidate side is, um, is done this is one of the things that a lot of people also don't really understand about the job board world, but people who um, who have worked with third-party recruiters, executive recruiters, headhunters, you know, call them what you may, they kind of understand it. Um, there are executive recruiters and there are job boards that are much better at attracting candidates mm -hmm. and not nearly as good at attracting the employers that mm -hmm. are basically paying to advertise their job or to get that recruiting assistance. So college recruiter, what we do is that when an employer posts an ad with us, we then run that ad on college recruiter. We also send that out to hundreds of college career service office websites and, nice. and other career sites. Some of those are at, some of those are aggregators. So if a candidate is searching their schools, career service office website for a job and they find one that's of interest to them and then they click to go over to the employer's website to apply, there's a decent chance that that employer originally posted it on College Recruiter and we sent it over to the career service office website. Um, that's a norm, very, very normal in the job board world. A lot of people are like, that's just bizarre. Um, mm. and it kind of is, um, it, I, you know, mo most industries at some level are kind of incestuous and the job board industry is no different. Interesting. It sounds like a wonderful resource that you guys have built there. And obviously you've had it out there for for folks for quite a while, almost 30 years is that's uh, that shows that you guys have been doing it the right way to be around that long. So congrats on that. Thanks. Well, let me shift again. So towards the end of every episode, I like to invite our guests to maybe get a little vulnerable and share a little bit about their career journey. And, you know, mm -hmm. the obvious question for you is what kind of experience have you personally had with job boards? If you had any at all? Yeah, so I founded the company that College Recruiter grew out of yeah. in 1991. And 
there sort of were job boards before that. They were bulletin board systems, BBS. Um, mm-hmm. And then your readers are really going to have to be old um, to, to, to remember that era. <laughs> the... Um, when I founded the company in 1991, I was working uh, full-time for the state of Minnesota in the court system, got the business started on the side. For a few years, we weren't doing anything online, and this thing called the internet came along. So I've actually never applied to a job on a job board um, by myself, but I've had loads of experience like sitting shoulder to shoulder with family members my wife yeah. and i have three adult kids i'm um, all mm. in their 20s and and all of them have used college recruiter and other job boards to to find jobs um so you know i haven't been looking for a job that way but uh but definitely others around me have been yeah i mean you're right there at uh, ground zero for that kind of thing and i'm sure you're just a great resource for all and i'm sure you have friends who have kids that uh, are very grateful to know you as their kids are moving along through as well yeah and, and, and you know there those of us who are fortunate enough to work with people who are searching for jobs and then to be able to help them land that job whether we introduce them to the employer or whether we just gave them some advice that made it more likely that they got a job, there can be no higher honor, I think, than in helping somebody find that next great career opportunity. It's it's something that we need to remember uh, every day that we come to work, that this is what we do. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that... uh... It is it is an honor to be able to support people in that way. I mean, gameful employment is so important in people's lives. And so yeah. to be able to help them find that is uh, it's a special thing. Well, geez, we could have this conversation all day, Stephen, but, uh, you know, I'm sure you've got some some things you got to do. So let me just uh, kind of <laughs> bring us to close by uh, saying, is there any additional career advice? What would be some anything else while you've got the ear of some listeners who are, are really trying to take some good notes on this stuff yeah. that they're learning today? What else would you say? So, you know, for those who are still in school or maybe your niece is in school, school and you know you want to pass on some good advice to her uh set up a meeting don't just drop into the office of your college or university career service office website at at every single school it is a free resource and these are people who will literally sit down face to face and have a private conversation with you and help you figure out whatever the answers might be to whatever the questions you might have. You might be really struggling because of mental health issues and need to find an occupational field that will sort of line up well uh, with with maybe some limitations that you might have in terms of like stress levels or or something along those lines. Um, Maybe you have some disabilities that make it really hard to work outside the home and they can help figure out with you how to find jobs that line up well with people who have those those disabilities uh you know whether you're in a wheelchair or whatever it might be the career service offices are staffed by trained licensed career um, uh, professionals and the biggest problem that most of them have is not enough time in the day Mm. and that's why i say set up a meeting if you just drop in there's a really good chance 
that you're catching them with 14 hours of work that they have to get done today and three hours left in their day. And they're just not going to be able to spend time. But if you book a meeting out with them till next week and they give you the half hour or hour, you should get their undivided attention. And that will advance your job search by miles. Man, that is a mic drop kind of tip. That's a great thing for folks in schools. And I will tell you, those who are listening out there, latest study on how often people are using their career centers is saying less than 20% of folks are actually doing that. So don't waste something that is there included in what you've already spent for your college experience. Take full advantage of that and let those folks help you make the transition into your professional life. Well, Stephen, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you spending time with us today and and illuminating some things about job boards and getting us uh, looking at them in a different direction. I'm just grateful to have had you here. Mark, I really very much appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Okay, you job board posters out there, what did you hear today that you can put into action? I heard that less is more. Try limiting your applications to five at any given time and see if that improves the quality of your applications and gives you the time for things like networking. I also heard that keywords do matter. If, as Steven says, a lot of applicant tracking systems still struggle to translate all the possible variations of a particular keyword, you better use the word that shows up in the job post or include several variations in your application. If you want help with these strategies and if you want help putting things into action, stop by revealtalent.com to see how we can support you. As always, thank you for listening today.